This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, my name is Daryl Ong and you're tuned in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Last weekend, the Sukma, aka Malaysia Games, came to a close with Johor ending up as overall champions. It was an event, however, that was marred with certain unfortunate incidents and controversies, with the biggest being the news of three weightlifters being caught for doping. Weightlifting is an event that was scrutinised over the years, having been dropped from the list of core sports. As it played out, the MWF, the Malaysian Weightlifting Federation, pulled out of the games, leaving a special team of weightlifting enthusiasts to run the event. Doping, of course, is an age-old issue in sport, and joining us to explore where things stand today, we have Dato Dr. Ramlan Aziz, who is the founding CEO of the National Sports Institute, and we kickstart a conversation with his reaction of the news and how we still have a long way to go when it comes to eradicating doping in sports. I was very disappointed, but not at all shocked. This is nothing new. Uh, we had been seeing this for decades, not merely years, you know. Uh, not only with uh, weightlifting, but also other sports. In the beginning, it was uh, the weightlifters. I mean, the uh, bodybuilders, sorry. Bodybuilders, and they, they started it. When I first started in anti-doping, right? Mm. Getting involved in anti-doping in 1990. Uh, more or less at the same time that I got involved in National Sports Council, seeing patients and all that. Um, I was roped into... Uh, to um, help out with uh, Mr. Universe uh, bodybuilding contest. Mm. And uh, the procedure at the time was to test everybody who have uh, qualified for the semi-final. Yes? And there were, let me see, quite a number of them. I can't recall offhand. But, you know, in the end, um, we had to take the samples and then they had to be taken by, uh, you know, personally by anti-doping director of the lab Mm. because... Nobody could trust anybody to to hold, you know. It's like it's it's, it's worth more than gold, you know. Right. Right. Mm. So there, they brought it to Cologne. They had it tested because the result uh, results have to come back immediately. Uh, and there was there was a gap of two days while they were testing this. Mm. And, and and lo and behold, seventeen were found positive. Seventeen. Seventeen one seven. Now the thing the thing that was remarkable was also the level of ignorance and sometimes. Outright stupidity, you know. I'm sorry for saying so, because you know um, when we collect the samples, at the end of it we have to ask. Uh, there's there, there are forms to fill, mm. and one of the questions that we have to ask is basically what medications have you taken, what supplements have you taken, right? Mm. And and this guy basically gives it up and say, oh, I I was taking, uh, you know, uh, I can't remember the exact uh, substance, but it was an anabolic steroid. Mm. I, I was looking at him and say. Does this guy know what he's doing? Because that is that alone is enough. That declaration is enough to put him in the dock. Right, got you. Basically, got you. There, there you go. So, so a, a big aspect of it is education. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. The the, the thing is, um, uh, one of the one of the um, challenges in education is that we think that by giving people loads of information that we have, uh, you know, somehow done good education, mm. right? Mm. Because but giving people merely information is not enough because we have not managed to change their behavior, right? Mm. Not managed to change them in any way for the better. Mm. So this is something which is quite wasteful in terms of time, money, effort, so on and so forth. 
when you want to educate people, you cannot educate them when they are past puberty, you know, right? You know how it was. Both of us were you under, underwent puberty. Uh, you probably uh, a bit later than I did. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but the thing is, when you undergo puberty, suddenly you're a wise, uh, you know, you're a wise guy. Hmm. You, you, you know, everybody is wrong. You're the only person who's right. You don't listen to anybody. Yeah. So we cannot uh, penetrate, you know, usefully at this age, uh, age group, you know. You have to go even before that. When, you know, there's a Malay saying, membentuk buluh dari rebung. Dari rebung, ya. Maknanya, you have to start young when you want to educate people. Yeah, for sure. Then you can modify their behavior for the better. Mm. Now, when you start with Sukma when they are at, uh, at least 16 years old, all the way up to 21, and now it is 23, then what what can you do? Because everybody is is nearly an adult, right? And then everybody is a wise guy, uh, teenager. So it's it's difficult to to have the sort of results commensurate with the effort that you put in, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, the time that you, you put in. So this is something that we need to, to do. Then another thing is everybody thinks that anti-doping is the res- sole responsibility and domain of the anti-doping um, authorities. So we have to do the education, we have to do the prevention, we have to do the testing, mm, right? Mm. We have to do this, do that. But yet we were not the one who raised these people to become like this. Mm. We were not the ones who, who were you know, uh, coaches or um, people of uh, in, in any uh, position of mentorship for these youngsters growing up to look away while they develop bad habits and, and wrong values. Mm. We were not the ones who were there. Uh, there was a wise saying, I think it's an African saying, that says that, uh, you know, every child is brought up uh, by a whole village. Okay, it's not just the family itself, but the whole village because we are imparting, uh, trying to impart the right values in the first place. Mm. When we have imparted upon them the right values with the proper uh, good habits, integrity, honesty, uh, respect, uh, so on and so forth, all those good values, then we can sit back and say, these people, these young people will make good decisions mm. when the time comes. Yeah. But if we do not arm them with the right uh, values, then at every turn, they will make the wrong decision. Yeah. The wrong yeah, it's a responsibility of many different parties, right? Like you mentioned, you know, the parents, of course, but also, you know, yeah. um, the, the team that follows yeah. these athletes there, right? Their entourage, their coaches, what have you. Yeah. But Dato, yeah. what I want to talk about here is, you know, um, from, from this case, they actually went to the pharmacy during a training camp and bought a pill uh-huh. over the counter, not realizing that it was uh-huh. a controlled or banned substance, right? Okay. Um, okay. In your years of experience, you know, um, yeah. d- uh, working in this field, where would yeah. you say most of these athletes fall under? Is it the more ignorant part of all the drug? cheat or drug abuser well it seems unfortunate doesn't it yes uh for because this is clearly in everton is it is not uh done with any intention uh, to cheat it, it's just plain ignorance yeah they do not know mm. but at the same time uh to safeguard anti-doping uh, as a whole there is a principle called strict liability strict liability is when uh, if the substance is found in you, whatever, no matter what you did, no matter what excuse you put up, it's within you, you tested positive and you have to bear the responsibility. Mm, okay? Mm. So that we need to understand uh, in, uh, uh, within that sort of backdrop. Okay? Now let's let's go further than that. I, I was a team doctor as well for the hockey team, badminton. Yep. I was at the SEA Games. Yep. You know you know how what, what my record is. Mm. You see, it comes to a point where uh, we cannot, if we, the athlete is young especially, at Sukma level, you cannot leave them like sheep 
you know, unattended, mm. un, you know, un, unattended and untended because they will go out and they might do any number of things, never mind uh, doping um, uh, infractions, but also uh, injury risk, uh, whatever social uh, bad habits that they might have that will put them at risk. If they might injure themselves, they might get to trouble, so on and so forth. So this is something that you have to be careful about because when you uh, are in charge for the care of, of an athlete, in uh, you, you cannot say that it starts uh, on the first day of Zuma and ends on the last day of Zuma. No, yeah, yeah. because you train them all year long, mm. many for many years. Okay, so when you do that, you have to know, you have to be responsible, and be aware of these people's habits, their movements, their whereabouts, so on and so forth. That's why in anti-doping, you are all the athletes who are in the testing pool are required to always update their whereabouts information mm. so that they can be approached to do out-of-competition uh, testing without notice at any time. And if they are not found uh, where they have declared, uh, supposedly where they're supposed to be, right, then for if it is up to three three times, they'll be, they'll, they'll be uh, regarded as positive and they'll be, uh, you know, they'll be punished. On that point, Dato, um there is a fine line, right, when it comes to banned substances, isn't it? You know, like, for example, yeah. caffeine, for example, it's an everyday um, drug that we take, but it's under the watch list of banned substances, you know, at sporting events. So what I want to ask you is, how do yeah. you differentiate between um, drugs for medical use and performance enhancements? Is there a, is there, there is a fine, line, fine line there, right? Yeah, um, there, there have been problems in the past, not only with caffeine, but also codeine, mm. right? Codeine mm. was, uh, it is a good... Um, for 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 coughs and all that, right? Certain certain for certain treatments, but whether it is uh, caffeine or codeine or whatever it is, uh, you see. Let, let's just backtrack a bit and just look at the principles of why we do anti-doping. Sure. First and foremost, uh, is because we want to preserve and protect the athlete's health and well-being. That's the number one. Number two, of course, level playing field. You must not cheat. All those, uh, you know, ideals and all that. That's mm. fine. Mm. But first and foremost, is to protect their health and well-being. You think if you take anabolic steroids for many years, there's no, you know, there. Of course, you 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 enjoy the payoffs, but there's also a cost to it that will that will you know that will do damage to your uh, liver, all your organs, including even your psychological state mm. when you be, can become aggressive and all that. Yeah. So all of this is, is you, you have to weigh, right? You think you're going to win the gold medal, but at what cost? Okay? So the, the objective of, of, of a single uh, vertical event where you become successful is offset by the danger that, that destroys you the whole life. And sometimes in some cases, you actually can die a premature death. Hmm. You know, hmm. you are a healthy uh, specimen uh, with, with uh, you know, finely tuned athletic specimen, but you die at 35 because you took anabolic steroids all this while. Hmm. This is the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Of course, it is God's, God's will when you die and all that. But how you die is you have a choice. You're not helping yourself, right? <laughs> in, in a way. No, no. Yeah. You, you have to honor your own body hmm. in the sense that Look, that's one thing. And then, what about this this shortcut mentality that we have amongst 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 uh, many people? Now, I can only t- speak about our society, right? I'm sure other walks of other walk, people in other walks of life in other countries are p- perhaps uh, you know uh, suffering from the same uh, malady as well. Why? Because the shortcut mentality, you do not want to work hard and with the proper pro- pro- processes and procedures, right? 
with the proper methods to achieve the same ends. Hmm. You want to achieve that those ends, they justify your means, hmm. right? Because you do not want to work so hard, so you take the shortcuts. Now, these shortcuts is not only present in in the athlete in his life. You, if he looks, if he just uh, uh, you know uh, puts his head up, look around, and 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 notice that uh, at the end of the day, uh, people don't stop for the red light. When they go to the ATM, they get the receipt out. They, they, they want the receipt out and then they threw it on the ground. Right. You see? Mm. So these, these are small things. You, you think these are small things, but actually it's reflective of a lack of concern, a lack of care and a lack of, you know, good, good, good bits that, that add up and makes you think when there's a major problem, major thing, then you are in a better position to make the right choices. Mm. Got you. Um, on the governing side, Dato, um, do you think that, say, harsher punishments and suspensions is the answer as a form of a total deterrent, right? So, say, a lifetime ban, for example. Mm. Does that work for Malaysian society? Okay. There's a certain word in Malay called serik. Serik means once, once bitten, twice shy, basically. Mm. So, on the whole, uh, generally speaking, people will be serik. That means they, they will regret and they will not want to repeat the same mistake. But having said that, there's a certain group of people who basically think that they can always get away with things, you know. And uh, and they think that just because they, got, they, they, they were caught once, they will not necessarily be caught twice. Hmm. But the rule is, nowadays it's four years. If you get um, any um, anti, uh, anti-doping rule violation, ADRB. At any level of, of sport? At any level. Hmm. Nowadays, nowadays, no, uh, depends on the, on the substance. But the major substance is four years. Sure. Right? Okay. It used to be two years only, you know. Mm. Now it's four, mm. right? Now certain substances, there are certain classifications and all that. Now we have to check because every year they will change the list. They will, you know, sometimes they modify what we call the anti-doping, uh, you know, um, list and all that. Mm. So, uh, but on the whole, if you get, uh, you, if, if, while you're, you're, you, you serve your, 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 your suspension mm. for four years, mm. And then you, if you get caught again, you will be banned for life. Right, second time. Mm. Exactly. Mm. So there, there's no three strike rule here. It's just two strikes and you're out. <laughs> so that's that's the problem, isn't it? Mm. I feel that that uh, sometimes uh, on on the one hand you can you tighten up the punitive end of the spectrum where people uh, have to face punishment. Mm. Right. But at the same time, you always also recognize that there might be. People on the other end of the spectrum, development athletes, novice athletes, people uh, who uh, where the message has not reached properly, you know, and uh, and we are, are not we cannot hold our hand to our hearts to our chest and say that we have done well by these people properly. So it is it is you have to look at the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. So the moment you become a national athlete uh, at 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 even development level, Sukma, for example. It is incumbent upon the National Sports Council in the first place. Secondly, uh, the state sports councils, of course, down the line in Sukma, uh, to play their proper roles, mm. right? Mm. We cannot say, like I, the point that I made earlier, oh, this is uh, the responsibility of the National uh, the uh, national Anti-Doping Agency, Adamas. Uh, so everything is there. No, you have to make the right noises. If you, if I am a, a you know an administrator with state sports councils, I will make it a point to 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 many sport, state sports councils, Madhu uh, Sukhanagri, have actually uh, started uh, many many editions ago. All right, 
a gathering of athletes before they start training. Mm. And the uh, officials from uh, Adamas, uh, anti-doping agency of Malaysia, will go and uh, explain to them oh, that's great. what is doping, mm. you know, mm. uh, why do we have to avoid this, and then what is the testing procedure, and what sort of responsibility they have. Now, that means uh, we are treating them as, as like a sort of nursery for developing athletes, not only in terms of uh, their physical, physiological, and psychological development as as future high performance athletes, but also their responsibilities as high performance athletes. Yeah. Because yeah. in the end, the the responsibility it's is theirs and theirs alone. It is not something that depends on somebody always trying to remind them and all that. Yeah. True. Right. We cannot true. be policing people as much as we cannot be reminding everybody. You know, before you cross the road, you look right and left and so on and so forth. Yeah. In the end, what sort of athletes are we uh, bringing up here if they cannot take responsibility for themselves? Hmm. Nobody's going to hold their, their hands all, all this while. Yeah. So it is something that really they have to get to grips with it. Now, the seriousness, the impact with which uh, each state sports council uh, in part on this can be seen quite uh, readily, you know. Hmm. Because when we go around, when we do this, we can see some say, oh, this is just a requirement. Let's do it, you know. It's just like, uh, you know, I want I want to get together with this lady, so I have to get married and sign this this uh, license and all that that sort of procedure. What? Uh, but <laughs> on the other hand, people say I'm 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 going to have a lifelong uh, you know uh, relationship with this. That means if you if you're an athlete, this is lifelong because your commitment not only uh, starting off as an athlete mm. but also maybe uh, as a, as a coach of the future yeah. right or, yeah. or as a top uh, administrator in sports mm. uh, director general of national sports council or something like that who knows so the, this is something which doesn't it's not a sort of any vertical thing you have to look at, at an athlete and 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 sometimes we 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 run the risk of uh, treating athletes as if everybody have the same uh, intelligence the same understanding the same way with all to to you know to get things right so we really have to um you know his horses for courses where basically you have to fine-tune things so that uh it addresses the the least common you know the the the, the weakest link in the chain yeah and then there might be other people um you know the nicole davids uh the azizu hasnis who are very intelligent and then they come up to you and ask further questions because they got so much at stake they spend so much of the youth uh, sacrificing a good time, no parties, no food, no pizza, whatever, well, whatever it was that they had to give up, and and to to throw it all away for what? For a moment of carelessness and and madness. That was Dato Dr. Ramlan Aziz as this week we've been exploring doping in sports off the back of the Sukma Games, which concluded last weekend. More of that conversation to come, so do stick around. My name's Daryl Ong and this is Ba Nun on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, my name's Daryl Ong and you tune in to Ba Nun, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. This week on the show, we've been talking about doping in sport, where very recently at the Sukma Games, three weightlifters tested positive for banned substances at an out-of-competition testing. Joining us on the program this week is Dato Dr. Ramlan Abdul Aziz, the founding CEO of the National Sports Institute. And continuing the conversation, we go deeper into why doping is so engraved in sporting culture and why the long-standing issue is still prevalent today. You know, you know why? Because we catch them late. Even at Sukma level, at 16 years old, post-puberty, it's too late, right? 
Now, we have uh, in 2018, we we cooperated with Bagian Sukan dan Co-Curriculum Kementerian uh, Pelajaran Malaysia. Mm. Good people. Mm. They shared our our views and they facilitated and they shared in in the process, right? So we we put up a program. I forgot the name of the program, but it's called Young Champions or something like that. Right. Right? Mm. So Young, this 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 program. What happened was we we needed to work through a whole spectrum of 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 youngsters. Um, I I tried to combine it with number one, the talent identification testing program, where uh, it is not only a a, a a place to start the the genesis of of uh, proper appreciation and adherence to proper sports science, but also this integrity aspect as well, where they know that there's this danger. And they so if you work at them from uh, the time they are eight to ten years old, right, and then ten to twelve, twelve to sixteen, twelve mm. to fifteen, sorry, twelve to fifteen. Mm. So you have three distinct age groups where they they have a general development and then a more specific uh, sport development and then a really truly uh, you know further up where they 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 are specialized in a certain sport. Mm. So through all of that, you you are reaching them even deeper than. Then, then if you just uh, let's see who becomes the champion of Sukma, and then we will give anti- uh, sports science and also the anti-doping to them. Too late, yeah. You know, mm. it's too late. Mm. So I've, I've, I've long made these sort of noises, but you know, sometimes um, uh, you you can only do certain things. So what we've done is uh, we we have uh, done all these things. Sometimes people see this as discrete and unconnected domains, you know. Mm. But how can you how can you think like that? Mm. Because the athlete has a life starting from the beginning. When they have no sport, they come into sport and then they develop their capability according to their potential and all that. And some of them might not go far. Okay, those who don't go far, they might become people like me. I don't go far in, you know, but I found myself spending 32 years in sports medicine. Okay, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not the national athlete of any description, Dr. Ramlani, <laughs> no? So anyway... You have then, then you have this this other bit, uh, this other bunch of people who are top athletes, you know, right? And when you have top athletes, not everybody is like Tansri, Doctor Mani, Jagatesan, uh, you know, top doctor as well as the top athlete. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Now there have been some some doc- good doctors as well in amongst the hockey guys and all that, but not to say that people uh, academic achievement is because people are not clever enough because they don't allow themselves the opportunity because when we Develop athletes. We have to develop both both aspects: the sports aspect and also the non-sport aspect. Yeah. Because we we leave it far far too much to chance, so that whatever they have the proper proper values, you know, the 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 attributes that we're talking about, we leave it to chance, right? We we will pursue things, um, you know, sampai lubang cacing Malaysia. <laughs> For, to get them to be champions, yeah. but we forget to make them good people in the first place. Yeah, that's, that's very true. A good athlete doesn't equal a good character, right? Yeah. Very important. Very important. Yeah. Um, um, one thing I want to talk about is, you know, these stories that I read about um, are, are cases that were caught, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, I guess um, some there is some perception that, you know, there are some cases that are, are go undetected um, yeah. more often than not, right? Uh, is, it, is there any truth to this statement um, that, the offending athlete, the yeah. uh, the one that are uh, doping, is always a step ahead of the testers. Huh. If if they're at all that clever, they might be a step ahead because if they're innovators, right? They find new substances and all that, <laughs> perhaps. Mm. Uh, but we can say that the people who who come up 
the innovators, yes, they because they their mind is all about you know let's find how to cheat, how to get right? the shortcut. So they always right? accept. Mm. We we don't cheat. So what do we know about cheating? Yes. Mm. So there has to be an understanding of the criminal elements, the criminal attributes. You know, because anti doping has become uh, in many countries. Uh, um, it's a, it's a organized crime issue, mm. right? Mm. Organized mm. crime. Mm. Yeah, people get money and sell illegal substances. So what, these substances are supposed to be for uh, treatment of of uh, you know uh, proper uh, diseases and all that. But yes, they use it for for people to get undue gains and uh, you know mm. uh, from from uh, get uh, for taking these substances, which may be a danger to their health as well. So now we we have a situation where. We, we have to really draw the line somewhere, okay? So I feel that uh, uh, in many countries, uh, I can cite those countries, but perhaps uh, I can just say that there are only countries where they regard this and they have laws, mm. right? Mm. So they have criminalized uh, doping. We uh, have yet to come to the point where we have to seriously consider this. All this while, the principle has always been this is a sports situation. Mm. There are regulations that can govern this, Okay. But um, this is a question of whether are those regulations working or is it just our implementation of the regulations are not working? Hmm. You see? Yeah, fair so, ah, so hmm. there's always this issue and we're skirting around that and around that. But I have to say that I, I need to, to, give, uh, to, to, to provide words of support for the National Anti-Doping Agency, ADAMAS, Anti-Doping Agency of Malaysia, hmm. who are actually, um, um, they, they have to be uh, empowered properly, number one, in terms of uh, their, their job, uh, their roles and responsibilities, job descriptions, so on and so forth, their manpower requirements, you know. You cannot have uh, the anti-doping agency of Malaysia as a mere small unit, all right, and hoping to uh, look at this elephant uh, running uh, uh, amok, yeah. you know, all over the place, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. They, they, we, number one, uh, we don't have the budget, all right, to be testing everybody. We're not expected to test everybody because that would be screening. Yep. And then there's, there's this principle where you have to look at the profile of the sport. If your sport has been squeaky clean since decades ago, right? Why should we do more than one or two tests a year? Okay. There's no, there's no, there's no, um, there's no history of any wrongdoing, right? So we just do it because we want to see, we want to keep monitoring. Right. But if your sport has been chucking out 12, 15 uh, positive uh, results, you know, every sukma, all right? That is something that, that requires uh, uh, deeper scrutiny, more regular testing, more money spent to monitor them. Yeah. So this is what we call targeted testing, yes? Yeah, and, and on to that, because, you know, uh, you, yeah. you, you mentioned, you know, sports that should be, be you know, monitored more closely and stuff like weightlifting is definitely one of it in the sumo at least. Sepatakra and Taekwondo was also taken off in 2017. So, um, off the mic, you were saying that, you know, yeah. un until these sports are squeaky clean, they shouldn't be uh, involved in core sports. Well, bodybuilding have been has been taken out mm. years ago. Mm. Uh, I'm only aware that Sepatakra and what's the other sport? Taekwondo. Taekwondo. Uh. This must be a, a recent one. I'm not. I'm not too. Uh, I'm not familiar with the with the uh, specifics of of uh, taekwondo and sepak takraw. Yalah, sepak takraw. Yalah, you know. Right. At the end of the day, what is what do you want? Mm. You want to be the top athlete, play in the top tournaments, right? But you want to have your your you know you want to drag a bit. So it doesn't stand to reason. 
It's like I if you if I had my way, I wouldn't even allow smoking amongst athletes because an athlete requires good clean air coming into their system, into their lungs, right? To give them the best possible chance to to, to perform at the best possible level. Hmm. Why would you uh, want to put in smoke with so many um, toxic uh, substances? Uh, and uh, not only in the immediate sense, uh, um, jeopardizing your your performance, but also your health in the long term. Mm, for sure. So why why should you do? Mm. Some of the athletes I know when they, they wake up in the morning, oh, oh, they will be coughing like no nobody's business, right? Smokers cough, right? Right? You know, at the end of the day, we've been around the block a few times. I, I have never smoked in my life, you know. But um, for for some reason, of course, as 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 a medical person, we we It's your job to know. That, yeah, yeah, it's we literally we your to job know. to know. Um, last thing, last few questions, Dato. Um, playing a yes. little bit of devil's advocate right here, you know, like you mentioned that how anti-doping yes. testing is becoming more and more expensive, time-consuming, and to a certain extent invasive as well. Um, yes. There are commentators right around the sport that suggest that doping, forgive me here, but should be legalized one or at the very least control yes. the ends justify the means, right? You, you if you can if you cannot beat them, join them. Sort of <laughs> yes. They they might be basing their, their case uh, on on the fact that uh, if it is a uh, 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 performance enhancing substances, yeah. it should be allowed with with proper control and all that. Sure, yeah, right. That's what I was saying. Like an Olympics yeah. full of you know people who are doped out. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yes, that that, that sounds good uh, in 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 um, in terms of of the concept of the whole thing. Conceptually, it sounds okay. But in reality, yeah, yeah. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like putting, you know, uh, rubber pads uh, to stop a speeding train, you know, <laughs> because it will get out of control. Yeah, for sure. And how, how much are you willing to, to police this? Mm. Uh, you want to follow the athlete all the while and see mm. uh, whether they have tipped over to, uh, from, from just merely uh, performance enhancing to... Sometimes they think that more is better. Young people they do think to think like that. You know, more is better. Yeah. So um, some some may get over motivated and think that I should do more. I should do more. Yeah. So this is something which is difficult to mitigate, difficult to uh, control, mitigate to police. That's the reason why things are best left banned and all that. Gotcha. Okay, because yeah. the other athletes do not have to take this. I I cite you on. I can readily cite. Uh, these two athletes, uh, Nicole David, uh, she's a wonderful example for everybody, and she has not only lived, um, you know, a life where she devoted herself to the sport, but also she did it by also preserving her good character, having a nice personality and focus, and she did well at school as well, mm. right? I remember somebody mentioned she just did four months at school because she was always playing. Squash all over the place, and she got seven A's. Can you imagine? <laughs> That's crazy. Or was it four A's or something like that? Or was yeah. it four months? But it was impressive. Yes. Yeah. Impressive. Well, well the all rounder almost. That's the thing because yeah. sometimes that is why when we did the talent identification uh, testing program and then we did the podium program, we wanted to make sure that we are looking at the athlete uh, not only because of the athlete's life in sport. As I mean, they have sport in their lives, but also what sort of lives they have in sport. Yeah. This is very important, you know, because we are looking at at, at the 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 uh, either the current or future representatives of the country waving mm. the flag mm. at the highest level. Mm. We have to prepare them well. 
and not let's not be churlish about oh we cannot be spending so much money you know how much money per gold medal and all that other countries spend way more than that mm. and they know the value of this is not merely for people to win the gold medal you know because when you win the gold medal everybody in the nation suddenly wants to play badminton yes so it will benefit not only uh, the sport itself but also health fitness uh, recreation uh, youth development crime prevention you see mm. so you spend one ringgit of the of the taxpayers money you get 100 ringgit Return. of benefit yeah. across uh, the whole society yeah um final question that to summarize right down the line do you think that doping in sport can be eradicated fully and also what are the necessary steps to get there we can only minimize this to totally eradicate this is like eradicating crime <laughs> yeah wrong doing yes right <laughs> all right yeah you know, i mean there, there are limits to Uh, to to any of our attempts because we cannot be everywhere, we cannot see everything. Yeah. Or only God can see everything, yeah. right? So we have to be God-fearing people in a sense. It's not so much whether you believe or not in God or whatever, but the most important thing is you must always believe in the goodness in yourself, right? And there is a reason why you have to be good. Uh, not only if you want to be good, sometimes people think, oh, we have to be good in front of other people. Be good to yourself first. All right. Respect your body. Take care of it. Do the good things and proper things. You know, eat properly, train properly, rest properly. This is the most important thing. And if you want to be a, a top athlete for for Malaysia, you must also have a res- feel, feeling of responsibility that to to put Malaysia on the top in the map, you have to be top guy as well. Be a proper ambassador. That was Dato Dr. Ramlan Aziz, the founding CEO of the National Sports Institute, as this week we're exploring doping in sports. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's program. If you'd like to revisit that interview again, you can head over to our website, www.bfm.my.com.au. And if you'd like to get in touch with the program, you can tweet us at BFM Radio. My name's Daryl Ong and this has been Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week, only here on BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.